True Crime Broads with Crystal and Renee. Welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal. And Renee. And we appreciate everyone tuning in. Renee, how are you doing today? Oh, doing good. Um, it feels like forever since we've been, we've done a podcast, but it's only been a week. <laughs> it's yeah, been a lot going on. You're right. Like a week tomorrow. It's been a slow, I mean, it seems like time is moving a little more slowly right now. I'm not sure why. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I guess it's just all the, you know, stuff going on with everything. And then of course the pandemic and then, um, you know, just our busy lives all together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty wild. Well, today we're doing something a little bit different. We're talking about the Chris Watts case. Obviously, our focus is always the Missy Beavers case, but we decided to pop in and out with a couple of different cases just to sort of keep the conversation rolling since there's not any news in the Missy Beavers case at the moment. Um, We will get right back to talking about Missy on the next episode because we do digging and talk to people and try to get our own news going. But um, Renee, did you want to get us started or... Yeah, sure. Okay. So uh, I'm sure that most people are familiar with the Chris Watts case, but just in case you aren't, um, Chris Watts is a, um, he was a husband, a father who committed familicide on August 13th of 2018. Um, I believe he was around, I'm not sure, like 34, his wife was 33. They had two beautiful little daughters um, and he met a girl, a woman at his job. She was, I think he was an operator and she was a, um, oh, a field. She worked in the field or something at the same company and they met, they kept running into each other. They met in June of 2018 in July of 2018. They basically went and hung out and basically started a relationship almost instantly um and by august 13th six weeks later he killed his entire family i mean just it was just unbelievable um now we we decided that we weren't going to just focus i wanted to just give a quick synopsis of what happened but we weren't going to focus on what he did but rather why he did what he did maybe like the mechanics of his brain or what caused him to do what he did what kind of person he was and um and i did a lot of research on it this case was is very interesting it's very um it kind of just sucks you in because you you know to look at this guy and and i'm gonna say this and i know it's gonna i hate saying it but it i mean it's a fact chris watts is a nice looking man you see videos of him playing with his children you see him you know these different videos of of shanann and chris while she's promoting her business which was thrive um you know he just looks they just look like a happy family they just look you know he just looks so like you know in tune with her you know it just it you look at it and it just kind of blows your mind that he would murder his whole family like it's just unbelievable so it's so hard to understand it and I guess that's kind of what 
draws you in. I know it's what drew me in because I like I wanted to understand it. I wanted to see. And when it first happened, I, I think I watched every video. I watched every. I read every just about everything you can imagine with it. But of course, we were also doing this case, you know, Missy Beaver's case. And I finally just after a while, I kind of just stopped because it was kind of consuming me. But um, it has since returned to the limelight. Uh, there was a. Um, I'm not sure if it was a documentary or what. Was it a documentary, Crystal? On Which, Netflix, yes, it was yeah, a okay. pretty darn good one. Yeah, that was, yeah, it really was good. It was yeah, well it was done. good. Yeah, it really was, and it, it did cover some things that I had never seen before. Some uh, text messages that surfaced, um, and, and, and I touched a little bit on the girlfriend, not a whole lot. Um, I think they they could have probably done a little bit more, but but I kind of understand why they didn't. But anyway, um, so there's a lot of talk. Um, you know, people trying to understand why he did what he did. And I personally, I found a, uh, an article from a lady by the name of Lena Durholly. She's a psychotherapist. She's also the author of a book called My Daddy is a Hero. Um, and I'm certain that, that, that the title of that book came from the picture. And I'm sure you've seen this, Crystal. Uh, the picture, there's a, there's a video, actually, that Shannon did. And I guess they were in the car and she was going somewhere and she was always so involved with her kids. It was just amazing. But anyway, she's videoing her kids and the little girl is sitting in the back and she's just, oh my gosh, she's so cute. And she's just sitting there and she says, my daddy's the hero. And it's just, oh my God, it's heartbreaking. But anyway, I know that's, I'm I'm almost certain that's where the the, um, author got the name for this book. Um, But anyway, she talks about um she doesn't believe that chris is insane but rather a psychopath and a narcissist and she goes into explain that you know people that are psycho psychopathy is that how you say it it's so Uh hard to say Uh that word and um and have narcissism they are good at crafting a mask that is completely different than who they actually are and it can be real they can be really charming so they're good at manipulating and they know how to get people to like them. So that, you know, that's, that's the first thing in being able to do what he did because he was good at what he did. People really like him because he, he has that kind of personality. Um, they can even seem nicer and more empathetic than the, than the average person, which is really interesting because they don't have empathy and they don't really tend to care about other people. They're more self-absorbed. So it's kind of interesting that they can, put off a persona of something they should have and they don't, but they can make it look like they do. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. It's, it's so confusing. But uh, it, she said that empathy is what Chris Watts is missing. It's completely missing from his personality and from who he is. Um, the mask that they wear is so good that they can fool anyone. So it's not something that, you know, cause I, I even researched it thinking, oh my gosh, like, what are the signs do you look for? There's really not any, honestly, because they're so good at being somebody completely different than who they are. There's not any real warning signs or anything like that. Um, yeah. They have zero yeah. Empathy and they're very entitled. I, I well, thought that that was interesting. Everybody in Chris's life was telling the police what a nice guy he is. Yep, and the police even yep. told him that in his interrogation. Said, "You know, everyone says you're a nice guy. Um, he didn't have a criminal record. I mean, just no trouble at all. It's very interesting how 
this, you know, 35, 34 year old guy uh, who seemingly had it all could just completely, I almost said snap, but we know he didn't snap because there was a lot of evidence that this was premeditated, um, at least to an extent. Um, it wasn't like he just got in a fight with Shanann, lost control and killed yeah. her. Um, and we can talk about how we know it was premeditated a little bit later, but you know, I think another aspect of this case that's really interesting is the way it unfolded on body cams. But before we get into that, I want to touch some more on the psychological aspect you were talking about. Apparently, Chris Watts, now I'm not blaming anyone but Chris Watts for this, but I did want to touch on how important it is if you come across someone who's either a sociopath, a psychopath, a narcissist, you can usually, and I don't know which of those Chris is, he's obviously something to be able to completely murder his entire family. But, you know, when you have someone who's dysfunctioning at that level, you you can't help but look at the family of origin and kind of try to diagnose, like, what went wrong here, you know? Exactly. Was it nature or nurture? Um, did they inherit some horrible traits through biology? Or, you know, was it their environment? You just really want to dissect where they come from. And Chris Watt's mother um, apparently is a real piece of work um, by several accounts. And just one example that I heard about when I was researching for this case was his mother was not nice to Shanann. And it was from the get-go. And I don't think that mothers-in-law... any in-laws, I don't think they realize the damage they're doing to their loved one by rejecting their religious part. I mean, religious, their romantic partner. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, I it, totally agree with you're, you. You're doing your child such a disservice by rejecting them. And yep. you put them in a They're po- going to be put in the middle. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, you're, they're in a position that they have to choose one or the mm-hmm. other. Don't and want- they shouldn't have to do that. Right. Yeah. Right. And my mom was always so good about that. She treats Mike at least as well as she treats me. <laughs> and, right. and she was always super great to my brother's wife, who unfortunately they've both passed since. But that, you know, I just have very fond memories of my parents being accepting, loving, and generous as in-laws. And I think Mike would tell you the same thing. However... What we have here is Shanann's mother-in-law, Chris's mom. She's not quite all there, apparently. Here's an example. I think it boils down to jealousy, um, like seriously. Yeah, and here, here's an example. Um, she had offered to throw a shower for them. And I have to confess, I listened to this three times that I couldn't figure out if it was a baby shower or a wedding shower. But um, <laughs> they didn't say. But... Um, the mother-in-law, uh, Chris's mom, had asked um, Shanann to produce a list of people she wanted to invite, and they would handle the invites and the RSVPs, and Shanann could just show up and be the guest. It was supposed to just be a really nice event where Shanann, Shanann didn't have to worry about all that stuff. Well, the event rolls around, and um, only the immediate family showed up. And so... Um, Shanann, wow. Shanann's just sort of looking around going, that's weird. And then she was, she told Chris later, she goes, we invited 80 people 
how is it that no one came? So the next day, Shanann decided to call some of her friends and just say, hey, what went on here? Um, did you get the invite okay? Something was really weird. And everyone she called did not get the invitation. So wow. that, was, that was just so very passive aggressive and mean of Chris's mom to just blow off the guest list, in my opinion. That was just horrible. Crazy. Yeah. It sounds so much like a jealousy thing and it's so weird. Oh yeah. Oh, and the sister-in-law, Chris Watt's sister apparently was in on it too. The two of them were supposed to throw the shower and they both failed to, um, it had to have been intentional. No one's that careless to just forget the guest list. I mean, they had to be. Yeah. Because if she's the guest of honor for either one of those, that would be absolutely horrible. Yeah. So they had, they had to have been doing it just to mess with her. Right. And that's just so cruel. And so I'm not saying that that excuses what Chris does by any stretch of the imagination, but I know that having a narcissistic mother, there's many cases out there that can twist a person's head up. And there's just a lot of evidence of that out in the world. And there's a lot of uh, textbooks to back it up. So I think Chris Watts had that huge strike against him is that his family was kind of nuts. And it sounds like his dad may not have been as bad, but he just sort of went along with it. It doesn't sound like the dad tried to stop the mom from acting crazy. He was just like, okay, honey, he probably just, you know, turned his head the other way if he wasn't an active participant. So that was just one example I heard about. Um, There were others where she just was unwelcoming, would completely ignore Shanann at events. Um, they showed, I saw a clip of them all like at a zoo or something, a family outing, and Shanann's mom was marching way ahead of them and wouldn't even look back at Shanann when she would talk and just ignored her and kept marching. So they just, she, it sounds like the mother-in-law created a lot of unnecessary tension just from what you can hear from witnesses and um, just stories that have been told. Well, you know, in that one story um, that I remember hearing about a lot was one of the girls had a an allergy to something. And I can't remember if it was a nut yes, it's nuts. or something like that. Okay. And so she took the kids over there. She gave her strict instructions, you know, blah, blah, blah. She goes to pick them up. And there is, I think it was ice cream and it had nuts in it. And I guess it was just like right there where you know, they could just, she could just grab it and take a bite or something. And she was super upset about it. And she talked to Chris about it. And basically he was, you know, he, he was kind of in the middle. He didn't know what to do. And he's just not understanding why she did what she did. So it sounds like, like you said, the mother was just kind of like, you know, disregarding things um, that Shannon was saying and I guess didn't care. Well, and it also sounds like she was sort of messing with Shanann, um, messing, yeah. with, messing with her head. You know, that thing about not inviting anyone on her guest list, that was really messed up. And oh yeah, I, unfortunately, I have known someone like that. And it is the type of personality that once you realize they're that way, you just want to get away from them. That's just bad news. And there's, yep. un, luckily, there's not that many people out there in the world like that. But when you come across one it's pretty chilling because you just realize this person is just sort of soulless and evil. And they really, not only do they not care about other people's feelings, but they kind of get pleasure out of watching people suffer. And that's pretty sick. And it's, you know, I can see where, you know, that's not a good place for a little boy to grow up in Chris Watts. No, no, it's not. And you can tell by the way the mom talked to him when he was, I guess when they were, they were sentencing him, 
and she got to say a few words. Yeah. She wasn't at all concerned with the actual whole situation, which was absolutely horrible. All she cared about was turning around and making sure that he knew she loved him. And I'm like, you know, I, I can't imagine being in that position. I, I would never want to know what that's like. But I mean, come on now, your your son is alive and he's going to prison where you can talk to him at another time. I don't think right now is the time for you to go. You do know we love you, right? I mean, you see what I'm saying? It was just weird. Yeah, me. that and that was just something that Shanann's family shouldn't have had to have heard, you know? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It was just stupid. I was I was yeah. like mortified. Well, I was like, and, oh, and also that you know, there's this is an amazing case where almost every single thing is either on audio or videotape. I mean, this whole uh-huh. thing is like a reality show. It just you can right. watch almost any part of this unfold. Well, there is audio recording of the very first time that Chris talks to his parents on the phone after he's sentenced and he's talking from jail and uh-huh. so he knows he's pled guilty and he knows he's going to jail and never coming back right right guess what the conversation was about his, I, don't, I don't think i heard this his, his mother was completely wigging about the way she was being perceived well so and so said this and i don't know i mean she was basically just like concerned about how she looks in the world i can't remember the specifics right now i listened to it a couple times but it was basically just her covering just being like well so and so said this and you know well, i don't the ones that think this exactly like a typical narcissist yeah exactly you know? and that's and you know it says right here a narciss a narcissistic parent can be defined as someone who lives through is possessive of and or engages in marginalizing competition with the offspring. Typically, the narcissistic parent perceives the independence of a child, including adult children, as a threat and coerces the offspring to exist in the parent's shadow. With unreasonable expectations in a narcissistic parenting relationship, the child is rarely loved just for being him or herself. Mm-hmm. It's very, it it totally makes sense. And it takes selfishness to an entirely new level. I mean, to be able to ruin your kid's life just to make yourself feel a little better, or at least you think you're making yourself feel better. It's disgusting. Um, But yeah, it It really is. And you know, like we said, this case is so fascinating. And one of the fascinating things about it is if anyone, everybody's pretty much has access to YouTube. If you haven't yet, and you're not super familiar with the Chris Watts tape, uh, Chris Watts case, jump on YouTube and check out the body cam footage. You can see, um, and you know, and there's a couple of heroes here on the body cam footage that you get to meet right away. A couple of characters. One character Mm -hmm. is Nicole Atkinson. That is Shanann Watts' good friend. And they had just returned. They both did Lavelle together, which incidentally was what uh, Missy Beavers was doing before she did Camp Gladiator. I think she also did them at the same time there for a while. But it's mainly those... um, you wear them like it's like a nicotine patch, except mm-hmm. obviously it's not nicotine. It's like some kind of a health patch that's supposed to help you lose okay. weight. And I think it has vitamins in it. I clearly don't know what I'm talking about, but it's something healthy that you put on and it's a patch. And you can see right. pictures of Shanann wearing those patches, just like you can see old pictures of Missy with her right. arm with the patch on. So um, anyway, so she, uh, Nicole Atkinson was worried. Um 
Shanann was not herself on that trip. They had just returned from uh, Arizona. I think it was probably, you know, Thrive is an MLM direct sell sales. And I think they had just come back from one of those raw, raw conventions, like get fired up and sell kind of thing. And, you know, Shanann's pregnant. She was distraught because she knew that Chris was acting different. They weren't getting along. And apparently before that trip, he had said that he wasn't excited about the baby coming. So it's really sad to think that Shanann's last days on earth were spent completely stressing about all this. Imagine being as pregnant as she was and then two other babies and your husband's just acting nuts. You know, she completely, you know, had some foreshadowing. Obviously she had no idea what horrific thing he had planned for her, but she did know that something was way off in their marriage and with Chris and so, um, so you see Nicole Atkinson on the body cam, the police walk up because she's the one that made the call. She decided that she was not satisfied with what was going on. She had called that morning, couldn't get a hold of Shanann, not like Shanann. Shanann was one of those people that lived her life on social media. Every move she made was on Facebook and she was texting her friends constantly. She was always in touch. So when she didn't answer it wasn't like when you or I don't answer. This was like right. made something's really wrong. And then right. um, Nicole Atkinson was texting her, no answer. So Nicole goes over there because she knew that she was not doing well. And plus, I understand that Shanann was diabetic and she definitely had lupus. So that's a high risk pregnancy right there. And she had two little ones in the house. So Nicole Atkinson just said, you know what? She had a doctor's appointment this morning. I can't get a hold of her. I'm going to head over there. Now, Nicole Atkinson did call Chris and Chris gave her some story about Yeah, we got into it. We talked about getting separated and she said she was just going to go to a play date at a friend's house. And I guess he, I guess he thought that that was going to make Nicole go away. Um, I mean, seriously, what, and who, who even says that? I know. And it did not work. Nicole was like, okay. So she marches over to Shanann's house and here's what's really scary. She sees Shanann's car in the garage. She peeked in the window Mm She could peek in the front window and see Shanann's shoes that she wore every day were by the front. And she always kicked them off when she came in. Um, and, and, you know, that's kind of what Shanann was known for is cleanliness and neatness. Her house was very, very tidy and very clean. And so she, it just, everything was in the right place, except Shanann and the girls weren't there. And right. when you have children that small. And her car was there. Yeah. And when you have children that small. You don't just take off. Um, I mean, the kids, my kids, I could just be like, let's walk to the pool or, you know, or someone could come and pick us up and it wouldn't be a big deal. They would have needed their car seats, you know. Your friend is not going to be able to come pick you up and have two extra car seats in our car. That, like, never happens. So all this stuff, Nicole Atkinson recognizes it right away as red flag. So she calls the police and says, can we do a well check on my friend? I just, she's not answering the door. She's not answering her phone. That's not like her. I don't hear any movement. I don't know where the girls are, blah, blah, blah. So the police come and you see all this stuff happen on the video cam. So they go inside. Well, by now, Nicole Atkinson or someone had already called Chris and said, the police are on his way. Don't you know that Chris was like, oh crap. He was probably thinking, because he had just killed them. Yeah. That, he had just killed them that morning. He was probably thinking, yep. he, I bet he thought he had the whole day while he was at work to decompress. Oh yeah, it's going to be 
yeah a couple days or something yeah. yeah well I was thinking he probably at least thought he had that day he could you know kind of think of a plan to cover everything up and then get home and kind of get to work covering stuff up maybe go park her car somewhere um but anyway so he gets ta- caught totally off and, and let's face it Chris and there's many examples we'll get into he is not the sharpest tool in the shed he um ex- he displays that many many times as this unfolds but one thing is he comes home and they he lets the cops in the house. He's trying to act nonchalant. Of course, you can come right in. No problem. And they're all looking around and they find even more stuff that looks bad. They find Shanann's effects, her personal effects that she would have with her. They found her purse. And Nicole, uh, yep. and Nicole, the cell phone. yeah, Nicole Act- Atkinson totally freaked because she goes, oh my yep. gosh, she goes, the, the girl's medicine is in there. Like she never goes anywhere without their medicine. And yep. um, then I thought the really freakiest thing though, is when they found her phone because it was yep. separate. It was in a, it was upstairs. The hair purse was in the kitchen. Her phone was upstairs and it was really interesting. If you watch Nicole's reaction to the phone, she walks over to it. She touches it and she jerks her hand back almost like she's touching a hot stove. Did you notice that? Because yes. she was just so upset because she knew that phone being there meant something really bad happened yes, to Shanann. Yeah. yeah. And then Chris, he goes into the bedroom and he comes staggering out with her wedding ring. He's like, here it is, you know, and he's holding it. I mean, meanwhile, the cops are playing it cool, but you know they're thinking this guy looks guilty as crap. I mean, what's oh, yeah. what's going on here, right? And so then he, you know that, you know how Renee, he starts putting his face down on his phone. He's just like texting. Yes. Like, he starts what? pacing too. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing, you fool? You yeah. should be frantically looking for your family. He looks like he's probably texting his girlfriend. So anyway, um, which we haven't even talked about her yet. So then... um here's one of my favorite parts here's hero number two that we meet on the body cams is nate now some people in the forums and stuff refer to him as nosy nate but i'm telling you what if i ever get murdered i hope there's a nosy nate on my street because this guy's awesome no kidding. he's like yeah he comes over and he's like hey what's going on and it's so funny it's almost like you want to start cheering after you've seen it once and then it's almost yeah. like when somebody really <laughs> awesome comes on the screen in a movie like whenever i saw the this the second time i, I I wanted to cheer when I saw nosy Nate go, Hey, what's going on? Because, yeah. um, because you know, what's about to go down. Well, he comes, he played it so cool. He, did. he goes, well, Hey, he goes, I've got cameras. It'll show if anyone was coming and going and we'll see what. Yep. And don't you know that Chris Watts was wishing he had, on he was a- like, <laughs> I bet he was yeah. wishing he had on an adult diaper. Cause this is not going right. well. So he goes yep. over there and I will never forget you guys. If you haven't seen this, it is hilarious. I mean, cause it's so awesome to see a really, bad guy get busted and be able to watch it yes, unfold it really is. i mean what are yeah. what are the odds that you're ever going to get to see that again in your life right so this is yep. this is on live camera because remember these are police body cams and he, so nate the neighbor um he's just like yeah let's pull this up so he starts rolling the tapes and i'll be darned if you cannot see chris watt's driveway you know right there on the other side of nate's driveway and you can see chris coming out and loading his truck unfortunately yeah then he's remember he starts explaining oh yeah yeah i was trying to get all my tools (laughs) yeah he starts over explaining which is another sign of guilt but anyone who hasn't seen this please tune in it is fascinating 
And so then Chris just, you know, his all the color runs out of his face and he looks like he's going to faint when he realizes we're all standing there together, the neighbor, Chris, the cops, watching a video together of Chris loading his dead wife into the into this truck. It's it's absolutely unreal. So Anyway, since it wasn't super, super clear, um, they didn't arrest him right there on the spot. But, you know, the police were like, oh, my goodness. And they tried to they tried not to tip their hand because, you know, after Chris ran back next door and said goodbye, um, Nate said, man, he's not acting right at all. He's that's he's like talking. He never talks. And he's like rocking back and forth. And then the police, the police tries to play it cool. He goes, well. He goes, you know, put yourself in his shoes, you know, and he goes, oh, no, I get it. I get it. (laughs) You know, Nate did. But I can tell the cops were already pretty convinced that there was something not right with Chris and that he's probably involved in this because the whole point of Nate showing those videos was that no cars other than Chris Watts early that morning, no cars came or went. So, yeah, exactly. That. And we didn't get to see the part with Nate until obviously after the fact, because you get to see. I mean, of course the the um, the can the what do they call the chest cams? What are they body called? cams. I don't know why I couldn't think of that. The body cams. They they they, they of course don't show this to later, but they don't show that part with Nate until like you know after he's convicted and all that. So that was pretty cool to see that that he was like on it like right away, like he's not acting right. There's something going on, mm-hmm. and uh, and then to see um, Chris, he's like he starts pacing back and forth, and he's looking at that TV screen like, oh crap, this is fixing to I'm fixing to be busted right here. And then I think he thinks, oh okay, they couldn't really see anything. And that, remember the guy go, Nate goes, oh yeah, you can't see, you know, you can't really see anything. So I guess you know we don't. We, we didn't get anything off of that but then he walks off and that's when he says uh he, something's up with him you need to check him out mm-hmm. but that was pretty cool yeah it, it was. really was and um and just watching that unfold on body cams it's just this whole and then another part that's very very interesting and is we get to see the entire police interrogation of chris watts at the police station and that's also all on camera and has been released and that's available on YouTube. Um, if anyone wants to check it out, it's pretty darn interesting. The California Bureau of Invest- Investigation investigators were both really great. And um, they got Chris uh, to talk. <laughs> I, tell you, yeah, I tell you what drives my husband crazy and him being an attorney. He looks at things totally different than I do in this regard. He just goes crazy when people don't ask for a lawyer um, because Chris just is just talking and talking. And my husband's like, lawyer, all you got to do is say I need a lawyer. But I'm, I'm, I I was telling him, hey, in this case, I'm really glad he didn't clam up and ask for a lawyer. It just worked out the way it was supposed to work out. But well, it, it really did. But do you remember? When uh, so the the one of the uh, investigators or whatever is talking to Chris and she's like, did did um, Shannon do something that maybe upset you or something? So she kind of planted that seed, and so I think his will started turning. Oh yeah, and he's like, yeah, you know, yeah, she was upset because I wanted to separate her, separate with her, and so she. 
he, he starts whispering. She she killed the kids like that. Yeah. Starts whispering this, and so basically he starts insinuating. I guess he gets this idea from what she said. She killed the children, and when he found out she killed the children, then he killed her. That's his first story. And at this point, you know what happened, and you're just furious. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that he blamed it on her. And so then he says, I want to talk to my dad, and his dad comes in. And, you know, his dad's like, what the heck's going on? You know, what is all this about? And, and you know, yeah, well, well, this, and then of course they get it out of him eventually. Well, yeah, oh, when, when, that, when that CBI agent you're talking about, Tammy Lee, when she interrogated Chris, she did plant that in his head because she said, I thought it was so interesting the way she did it. She, they were so manipulative of him, but it worked and he ate, he just was eating right out of their hands, you know, he was. and, and, he really and was. he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. Another example, but, um, Tammy Lee goes, come on, Chris, tell us what happened. She, she goes, did Shanann maybe hurt the girls? And she said, it was really interesting the way she put it. She goes, she said something like, did Shanann had to hurt the girls? And then you had to do something to her. She goes, chicks are crazy. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, she goes, chicks are crazy. And then he was like, no, no, no. But then you're right. He asked for his dad instead of a lawyer. And then it kind of amazed me that when they, you know, the the investigators left the room and said, you can talk to your dad. So they let, of course, they've got the camera rolling and the audio, but he basically confesses to his dad. But just moments earlier, the story that he denied that Tammy Lee stuck in his head, put in his head, he told his dad that's what happened. He told yep. his dad, he goes, Well, Shanana was strangling the girl and she, one of the girls, and she turned blue. So I just lost it and I did the same thing to her. And his dad goes, Oh my gosh, son. Oh, and he put his hand, his face in his hands. But I don't even know why that, at that point, his dad should have said, tell them that we will continue this interview after you get a lawyer it's amazing to me how these people right. just keep talking but i'm glad they did they keep talking yeah i know it really did make it better for them mm -hmm. but i understand what you're saying totally because well in <clears throat> this case it was beautiful because he got what he deserved and the fact that he confessed and they went ahead and worked out a deal and the um his in-laws agreed to his sentence they didn't have to go through a horrific uh, trial of hearing what happened to their child and their grandbabies. So thankfully it all worked out the way it should. But my husband had a good point earlier. He said, yes, in this case, the bad guy got put away, but it's not that way in all cases. Um, no, absolutely not. And, mm. and sometimes the wrong person gets convicted and that's the concern. But anyway, at least we know in this case, the right person was convicted. And even though he sort of allowed his constitutional rights to be completely trampled on it, it worked out and the right person got put away. So I'm okay with it. My husband wasn't, that's okay. We agree to disagree all the time, but um, anyway, so yeah, the Chris Watts case, we could probably do a series on this case because it's got so many ins and outs and, you know, something that they left out of that Netflix documentary that you and I enjoyed is they really didn't talk much about the other Nicole. And for those of you who aren't aware, um, Nicole Kessinger is somebody that, um, oh, you mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast, uh, but someone that Chris was seeing. And there's, you know, there's been a lot of speculation on would Chris have murdered his family 
if he didn't have this girlfriend that he wanted to be with, you know, it's an interesting, as of course we can't blame her for it, but there are some people that think she's more involved than she led on to police. But you know, what's interesting about that is that because he confessed and things got wrapped up, um, they didn't investigate her. And a lot of people think that she needs to be looked at. Have you seen that Renee? Yeah, I have. I actually, um, I looked at that quite a bit today because I hadn't really delved into her too much. Uh, I mean, I know enough about it, but I didn't really get deep into it. And um, and I found out, number one, this is what's even crazy about them, too, is their relationship was literally eight weeks long. Now, can you just, I mean, let's just talk about how, first of all, you killed your whole entire family over another woman, first of all. That's, that's big enough. Mm-hmm. But now you did it for somebody that you met and was around and with for eight weeks. Like that just blows my mind. Yeah, they supposedly yeah. didn't get hot and heavy until Shannon and the girls went to North Carolina on that trip without him. Yep. That five weeks. But here's something interesting, though. People, um, It was when they looked at her computer, she had been Googling Chris Watts in 2017, even though she, she claims she had no interest in him until they bumped into each other at work in 2018. So she's obviously fibbing about that. You don't Google guys that you don't, aren't at least a little interested in usually. Um, so, but you know, what's weird is she didn't start working there until April of 2018. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Okay. I, I, and I heard, I heard that same thing that you heard about the, about her um, looking him up, looking Shannon up on her computer, googling, all kinds of stuff. Um, we'll have to, and then, we'll, have to course, we'll have to verify that, and we'll clarify it on the next episode. That's interesting because I had heard that yeah. she had googled Chris in 2017, even though she told police they didn't meet till 2018. Something else she was dishonest about was she said that she had, well, we think she's dishonest about it. She told police she had no idea that his wife was pregnant until she saw it on the news when it said she was missing. Well, mm-hmm. okay, here's the thing about Shanann Watts. She she lived her life out on social media, and um, yep. the computer records showed that Nicole Kessinger had been Googling Shanann like crazy in the mm-hmm. month, in the months leading up to her murder. So... How could she not know she was pregnant? She had the video on YouTube, uh, not on YouTube, on Facebook showing her telling Chris that she's pregnant. She posted yep. about her pregnancy and her other and her kids. I mean, I just don't believe she didn't know that. I agree with you on that one. Um, she also Googled wedding dresses. And I mean, well, we're still talking about two people that yeah. were together for eight weeks. And, and, what's, <laughs> and what's significant about that is she told the police in her interview that she was like, you know, I think Chris is more interested in getting serious than I am. I'm still not sure what I think about this, blah, blah, blah. And she told police that she tried to implore Chris to work things out with his wife. He had a beautiful family and daughters. Mm -hmm. And then meanwhile, the computer searches, she was, she was searching things like, do people hate Amber Fry? Okay. I mean, we know who Amber Fry is in her position in the Chris Peter, it's Chris, uh, um, Scott, Scott Peterson, Peterson case, yeah, okay, <laughs> and Chris, and then she also was googling wedding dresses, like you said, and she was googling something having to do with do um, men marry their mistresses. So her actions weren't lining up with oh, what weird. she was saying to the police. 
Yeah, exactly. It, and, you know, I, I watched a YouTube video from a, um, a woman. Her name is Amber something. I don't know where I wrote it up. But anyway, she is a, she's a counselor and she has some other um, uh, licenses, but I can't remember her last name. But anyway, she was talking about that. And she said um, that it's very common for people to lie when anything like this happens because of the fact that they just don't want people to, you know, hate them. They don't mm-hmm. want, they don't want to be in trouble. So they're just going to lie about things anyway. But she does think, and, and this is just her view. So it's not a fact. She does feel like possibly that she was infatuated with him. She got with him and she started pressuring him. You know, I thought you wanted to be with me. I thought you wanted to be with me. I thought you loved me. I, you know, thought we were mm-hmm. going to, you know, get together and do this. And I was going to have your first son and blah, blah, blah. And he, and, and she in no way said that it was this girl's fault. It's, you know, um, Chris Watts killed his family and he, is responsible for that. But she feels like that his uh, personality or his uh, mental, uh, you know, his mental, the way he was at that time, he wasn't able to be strong enough to, you know, do the things that he should have done. And instead he took that pressure from her and he made a choice to kill his family. Right. And there is, there is evidence that she was controlling over him and that he would comply even in their Mm -hmm. short relationship because she told him to get off of Facebook and completely disconnect from all social media. And he did it. He He, did it. I remember that. Yeah. He removed his Facebook because she told him to. Yeah. Cause I remember seeing it right when it first happened, I looked him up, you know, it's like the first thing you do. Cause you're like, I want to see you know, like what there is. And then the next day it was gone. (laughs) Well, and also you hear that, I mean, let's face it. He's used to being around controlling women. Let's look at his mom. Right. So, you know how they say that that's, that feels comfortable. So you seek it out like comfortable. Let's put quotes around it. Cause obviously it's not comfortable to be controlled, but if you're used to it and that's all you've ever known, then you're going to seek out people. It's just like they talk about like how women will get with abusive controlling men because their dads were abusive or whatever. It's your quote unquote comfort zone, even though it's obviously not comfortable. Um, so anyway, it's, it's possible that he, I think that she was downplaying everything to the police about how controlling she was, how interested she was in him, how serious the relationship was to her. She downplayed and blew all that off and tried to make it sound like she was encouraging him to get back with his wife. So yeah, that's interesting. There's just a lot, a lot of people think that she needs to be looked into, but you know, apparently she's not. And we even heard you and I talked about this on the phone. There's many reports out there that she was, trying to file for a name change in Colorado recently. I think it was on October 1st. Yeah, she actually did. I, um, I couldn't find any other information beyond the actual, the motion to file it. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw some uh, information on Reddit where somebody said that her name was Sarah, but I don't know that there's any actual public information um, regarding because if, if they did put her in the witness protection program, which is what I'm assuming she was trying to do because she feels like she can't live her life normal because people are harassing her. People hate her. She's supposedly the most hated woman in America at this time. I, I do so, believe, I do believe the reports that she was trying to change her name. I don't believe that she's in the witness protection program. I don't know what this, she would, why they would spend 
hundreds, thousands of dollars to try to protect her from what? I mean, just because yeah, she was something that yeah. participated in. Yeah, I mean, she's <laughs> exactly. just the goofy girlfriend of some guy that murdered his entire family. She doesn't need to be in the witness. And plus the witness protection program, that's a federal thing. So I really don't think that, I think those reports are probably inaccurate, but I do think she was trying to change her name. And, you know, she's used to living off the grid anyway, because she told Chris when they got together that the reason she's not on social media is because her ex-boyfriend was abusive and was stalking her. So her kind of, you know, being under the radar is not abnormal for her. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like she was trying to paint a picture there, wasn't she? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we have a stalker. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah, yeah, she seems like an odd character. So unfortunately i I don't think we'll ever learn more about her because if let's say she was involved in planning the murders or carrying that some people think she was there that morning helping carry out the murders i don't think that but you know what's weird though is that she lived like an hour away from frederick where shanann and chris lived in that house Mm -hmm. where the Mm -hmm. you know um but her phone was she lived an hour away from Frederick, but her phone was pinging in Frederick that morning. So that's kind of weird. That, day. that is weird. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't push farther on that one, but Me I too. guess they were, uh, some people said that with them getting a confession out of him and he never mentioned her, I guess they were just satisfied with that and moved on. I don't know. Yeah. I don't either. It's really bizarre that, um, yeah, since I just read that since, you know, he confessed, they just sort of wrapped the whole thing up and didn't go after her. And obviously he didn't implicate her in any way or they would have. Um, right. So I don't know if he's and protecting you know, her or if she really was just totally innocent. Well, he says, I read somewhere where he still maintains that he truly um, loved her and that he wishes, he sometimes thinks that letters that he gets, because apparently he gets tons of letters from women all over the country gross whatever it's so weird but anyway he he often wonders if one of them isn't from her um you know or whatever i guess he's secretly wishing but um he you know from what i understand she's never written him or, or that's what, at least that's what she says but here's the kicker to the whole thing that makes it even more bizarre now he maintains that he believes he's found god he is a changed person. He's not the same person he was when he went into prison only two short years ago. Well, not even two. Yeah, it was two years ago. Because um, I think he went in, went to prison in what, like October, November? Anyway, so just two short years ago. And he's actually filing an appeal to get, basically, he thinks he's going to get out of prison. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sad. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I was like. Uh, him and his, there's a um, there's an actual podcast um, with a conversation between him I, and I said podcast I don't mean podcast but well it is a podcast and they put the conversation on there I'm sorry that's what I was trying to say him and his attorney and they're basically discussing how they can pull this off to where he can get out of prison and he's like you know I I know there's work for me to do out there I can help somebody else and I'm just thinking dude you've been in prison for two years. You murdered your entire family and you're trying to get out and change the world. It, yeah. It's bizarre. You can hear it. It's like that's crazy. The, and then, that's the narcissism messing with his head again. Yep. Um, yep if he exactly. honestly thinks that his several, how many life sentences does he have? Three plus some other years. It's like, you don't think that's really going to get reversed, do you? 
I mean, yeah, I thought he got like 99 or something altogether because he got like. I thought he got three consecutive life sentences. Plus, he got some years for the unlawful termination of the pregnancy because she was pregnant with their boy, their first son, Nico. Um, Let me see. I'll look it up right now. Maybe I'm going to make sure I'm not getting it confused with another case. Chris Watts sentence. I'm pretty sure. I'm probably wrong. Um, Let me see. Yeah, he had a plea deal that took the death penalty off the table. He was sentenced to five life sentences without the possibility of parole, three of them to be served consecutively, and two to be served concurrently. So, yeah, he's not going to be getting out ever. I mean, and he thinks after two years they're going to go, oh, mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. We're, that, that changed the world. <laughs> yeah, that wacky mishap where you, you know, admitted that you killed Here it your is. entire family. It says he has 84 more years. I knew it was some long number, I mean, a big number for prison, you know? I mean, I, I just, it just blows my mind that people do stuff like this. But, you know, my aunt tells me, you can't understand crazy because you're not like them. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> I know I've said it several times because it's true. I just, you can just beat your head against the wall trying to figure that out. Yeah. And you know, the, one, one thing that I read that was very strange was there's a woman by the name of Anna, her and her husband were coming to the prison to minister to Chris and she's an amputee. And so her and her husband have come, been coming up there and, you know, praying with him and stuff like that. Well, the, the woman, Anna has since decided that she is in love with, with Chris and has since left her husband and goes and visits him often because she wants to be with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are some crazy, you, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> bizarre. He just has some kind of strange hold on it. And he probably is, you know, pushing for that because he's trying to get somebody, you know, some people on his side so that he thinks he's going to get out of prison. Yeah. That's pretty ridiculous. It really is. It's it's a it's a crazy case, man. It's very very complex, and it took a while to catch up because I haven't even dealt with this case, you know, since well back in probably 2019. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't think uh, Mr. Chris is going anywhere. Um, oh, you know what's interesting too is he is not in prison in Colorado anymore. They had to yeah. move him to Wisconsin because. They yep. said that the people yelling at him, like from the other cells, was it went on morning, noon, and night, all through the night. Other prisoners threatening to kill him, and so yeah, they had to move him out of there for his own safety. Yeah, I remember hearing uh, a reading somewhere where somebody had said that he is much happier in Wisconsin because his life, his prison life, is pretty normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, well, bless your heart. Yeah, really, you know pretty wild crazy yeah it's really unfortunate that we don't have anything to talk about in the missy case um we do have some things that are coming up but at this time we don't have anything and and it you know we're trying to get some people on for some different interviews and things like that but we don't have anything going on right now but um I don't have anything to to talk about with Missy Beaver's case. Do you know of anything that we were going to talk about? No, I don't. I just think that we need to get back to digging and getting some guests on that can help us and interview some people and push. And, you know, like we talked to the people at the church, we talked to various other people. I just think we got to keep doing that kind of stuff because 
I don't know if this case has gone cold. I don't know what the police are doing, but they're not releasing any information. So they could be anywhere from completely stumped and lost in this thing. It's cold, or they could be heavily pursuing someone about to make an arrest. We don't know, or if it's somewhere in between, but since we don't know, we're going to keep digging and seeing what we can learn and see what we can learn about the case and the details that we might not be so clear on. I think that might be something else we can just keep working on. What do you think? Yep. I agree with you. Yeah. There are some different um, specialty um, career people that would really be helpful in this case. So we're, we're trying to find some different ones that would, um, you know, answer some specific questions that we have about different things that we've researched so we're working on that <clears throat> and uh, trying to get some different people on because it really is helpful to us and for the people that listen, you know, to be able to answer some specific questions like the surveillance ones. That was awesome because there were so many questions I had about the surveillance cameras. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so it really did help to kind of explain all that. So I think that's, yeah, we're getting some different ones. We're going to try to get on the show. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's just keep going. Let's try to get the door guys on if we want to still do that. Let's try to get, um, I think we had another guest that you were talking to. Hopefully that'll come through. I don't want to mention his name in case it doesn't work, but we've got some kind of good guests in our pipeline that we're working on getting scheduled. And I guess if anyone out there has any ideas for us, drop us a line. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, or in our Facebook group called True Crime Broads Missy Discussion Group. And um, we'll look forward to talking to you next time. Renee, thanks again for joining me for another podcast. I appreciate everything. Absolutely. Thank y'all for listening. Thank you. Yeah.